Hi, all, and welcome back to Dame with All the Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and before we just rolled play on this episode, Tracy was singing Britney Spears into the microphone, so it's going to be that kind of day. We are punchy. Ah, and I'm Tracy Dietz, and I'm so freaking tired. But so Kelly tells me yesterday about this awesome movie that she was watching on a plane call. You forgot to tell them why you're tired. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to start with the movie first called The Female Brain, which if you haven't seen it, it's pretty amazing and funny and entertaining. But I couldn't officially like sit down and watch it because my smallest, I found out last night, has lice. Dun, for, dun, dun. For every, any mom that's uh, experienced that, it's a big old pile of suck because my husband has been gone for four days, Not which me. shouldn't be a big deal. I should be totally fine. I should be able to take care of my babies and work and do all this shit that moms do. So shout out to moms that are just fucking killing it, man. It is so hard. So fortunately, last night, my nine-year-old Addison stepped up to the plate and helped me pick bugs out of Charlie's hair after we did a lice treatment. So it was super fun evening, and I finally got around to watching The Female Brain, which was super fun, and I'm so fucking tired today because <laughs> I only slept like four hours last night. Just as, it's fun. Just as an addendum to your shout-out to all the moms doing everything, right now we are 19 days from Election Day. I woke up yesterday in Bismarck, North Dakota. If we have any <laughs> listeners in North Dakota, I'm really sorry, but it is a, it is an unenjoyable place was it to cold? visit. It was cold. It's beautiful. The sky's bigger there. It's like the clouds are amazing, but it is, it's a weird place. And then I came home and went to the office, got to the office about five in the afternoon, and we all worked till about 11.30 last night. But my husband is, as being point parent, is really holding it down day in, day out. I mean, that guy's got that shit on lockdown. So yeah, that's the way Greg is. Props so, to all the parents, yeah. regardless if you're a mommy or a daddy, that when is you true. hold it down. Sorry, I didn't mean to that's exclude, okay. exclude daddies. But I got on the plane and I'm working, working, working. Thank God for Wi-Fi on airplanes. But the good thing about an airplane is on some airlines, you can watch a movie just to sort of have it on while you're working, which I really love. And so I found this movie, The Female Brain, which is based on a book about neuroscience, about the differences between men's brains and women's brains. And when I later Googled, is all the stuff from the movie The Female Brain true? There's a lot of people are like, no, it's just a rom-com. Don't believe everything you... Because there's a love story and there's a breakup and there's, you know, in the movie. But it is pretty interesting to understand, you know, Tracy is always talking about in this fucking room, men are different, men and women are just different. Can't we just, why are we just different? Let's just be different, different, different. We are. <laughs> it's okay to be fucking different. I am, and me and the heroine in this movie are endlessly trying to find places where we're the same so there can be less sort of social judgment about what we're supposed to do we're with biases, our differences. But it's okay. It's okay that we're different. It's, it's okay that we tend to be more emotional. It's okay that men like to be all masculine. And, and there, there was a there's a scene in the movie where he was trying to explain, I guess, his how like his how awesome his reflexes were. And he is an athlete. <laughs> and so Cecily Strong chucks jelly at him and he like can't catch jelly. And then the, the other guy in the movie like throws like a bottle of orange juice at him and he like catches it with like cat like reflexes. He's like, see, yeah, I'm a man. It is interesting confluence of trying to explore a social and social and cultural talking point, which is can traditional gender roles be explored and challenged while also employing the tenets of like just a good old fashioned romantic comedy, which I think this was, which at the end, it's like, you know, there's there's conflict, there's pushing against conflict, and then there's resolution and like the beauty of a love relationship at the end. So like it actually had all that's probably why I loved it so much. Like every part of me, it's like I love a good love story. 
I love pushing gender norms. I thought it was actually quite funny, but I'm I'm a pretty easy target for comedy. It was I funny. think a lot is funny. But I think one of the things that it made very clear that it's totally okay. It's totally okay for there to be gender norms. Like it's totally okay to be a stay-at-home mom. It's totally okay to be a working dad. It's totally okay to be a working mom. It's totally okay to be a stay-at-home dad. Like even even though there are what we consider gender norms, it's okay to break them and it's okay to be them. Like there's no you could do whatever whatever This is why I try to spend as much time with you as I possibly can. <laughs> Because you don't think I, that's true. No, I think it's true. I just really struggle. I am a progressive down to my soul. And I believe the definition of progressivism is always pushing against what is traditionally normal. But what's wrong with but what's wrong with being traditionally normal? I don't think it pushes against boundaries. That that's But why do we always have answer. to push boundaries? That's it's what okay I'm saying. To push, it's totally okay to push boundaries. Because I think totally I okay. think we need fucking change. I think that I think that this I think this we're country getting change. Needs change. I think there has been a lot of yeah. change. Obviously lots of good change, but I also think it's okay to just I mean I be generally agree with you. I just when I'm like in my hearts of hearts, when I'm alone with my own thoughts, I struggle with People that find their happiness in what to me feels traditional and in times regressive. Oh, I feel like you have to get over that. I know. Well, I also need to get over my like love of French fries and my like <laughs> Bravo no, TV binging. It's but you all know, you about know, moderation. No, shouldn't why drink do you have in the to get over that? You. Why, why <laughs> should you have to not do any of those things? Eat French fries in moderation, binge watch on Bravo TV and drink during the day. Like it all works out. <laughs> we'll go work out after this. It'll be fun. We're, we're, I'm just going to go back to the office. 19 days. Right, but, I'm going to um, go home and possibly take my kids to like a life <laughs> specialist. Place, right. Just to be safe to make sure None of us have lights. So about oh, a month and a half ago or so, when shit got real on this podcast and the Trump shit was heavy, our producer, Richard, suggested that we once a month go out to lunch before the podcast and catch up and remind each other why we love each other and love doing this podcast, which so we did today. Fun. So there will be no wine tasting on the podcast because we drank during lunch. But And now and we're drinking out of sippy cups. We The, the we lovely bartender let us take our glasses of wine and kitty cups. Well, thank you we very videoed much. That it was amazing. With the fire in the background. <laughs> we have to post that. But when we were at lunch, we were like, what are we going to talk about today? So Tracy's secret weapon for this podcast is just to Google sexism and then hit the news, news button. <laughs> hey, that <laughs> shit fucking works. So shut up. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. Of course, because I never thought to do it. the shit that came up because what came up was pretty fucking amazing. Okay, Tracy, amazing. tell everyone what came up, love. Oh, my God. Okay. So the first article that came up, and it, uh, it's a ton of shit from the UK. So yeah, UK is really struggling. It seems. UK. <laughs> Apparently, Kleenex came out with a box of Kleenexes that they refer to as the man size Kleenex. It's been around for a while, I think. Yes. Yeah. And everybody man got very, Kleenex. very upset about it. So they went back and like changed the name to like larger, extra large, extra large Kleenex. So, uh, so Tracy pulls this up when we're out to lunch and she's like, who gives a fuck? And I'm like, why does it got to be man size? Like our immediate responses were exactly how you all would imagine that went. And then Tracy goes, their noses are bigger. And I was like, their noses aren't bigger. I am a tall woman. I meet at least two or three times a day. I meet pe- men that are smaller. That's than fine. Me. But the largest man is going to be bigger than the largest woman. And the smallest woman is going to be smaller than the smallest man. I feel like, like OK, we'll get a copy of the Guinness Book of World Records and, and get down no. to the bottom of that. But then Tracy goes, what, are we not supposed to have magnum condoms? And I'm like, <laughs> it's different. There's actually large penises that require magnet condoms. But, like, is there a nose only on the face of a man that needs man-sized Kleenex? 
I don't know. I mean, I it's nice that they're bigger. <laughs> Sometimes bigger is better. But what if your cold is bigger? Like if a lady cold is bigger than a man cold, more snot comes out the nose. I don't know. I mean, not <laughs> if your head is smaller. I fucking know. I mean, this. I mean, honestly, like it's it's kind of dumb. I'm pro changing it from man size to extra large. I just large. don't care. I'm in the pro I, column. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You said something great at lunch. What was it that you said? Wait, wait, you That's read the thing. To not remember. I know. Yeah. Well, we've had a lot of wine. It says something about it being soft. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, that should not be ever used in a statement with a man. Um, Men and soft are not something that should be. The company behind Kleenex said Thursday that the product, which is sold only in the UK, will now be called Kleenex Extra Large. Packages for these tissues tissues describe them as, quote, confidently strong and comfortably soft. I don't ever like, want a comfortably soft man. That is <laughs> Much like you like your men. Right. I know. I don't want them comfortably soft. I wonder if they're going to have to redo it to take soft. I wonder how would you amend it. Right. Like they're calling that man size is stupid. Like they're not. confidently strong and comfortably soft. That is also stupid. She says that in no way suggests that being both soft and strong was exclusively a masculine trait, nor do we believe that the man size branding suggests or endorses gender inequality, yeah. which you would agree with, except if it's called man size, you are implying something. I just think you're implying that it's bigger because men are bigger <laughs> than women. Ex- unless you're Kelly and then you meet a whole bunch of small men every day. No, but there's a gajillion men that are fucking giants <laughs> next to you. Now you're talking like me in extremes. So we came across that. We also came across in the UK, and it's not in the outline, so don't look, but the gentleman sandwich. There's some grocery store that has a sandwich what, called a gentleman sandwich. Was it just sandwich. big? Was it because it was big? I think it was just, they were like, I, I think it in this case it wasn't size. Manly. I think it was like a gentlemanly thing to do is like It was a, a fucking chicken sandwich. That's stupid. Yeah. It's a fucking chicken sandwich. So in There's that case, with... we're okay with them taking away the gentleman. I don't know. It just seemed dumb. Like if it doesn't, I mean, I feel like size makes sense. Like men are bigger than women. <laughs> Kelly almost spewed her wine like right into her when fucking microphone. size makes sense, I think she means size is important. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> oh, uh, God. Okay. I'm going to take it serious. You ready? <laughs> Put on your serious face. We're taking it serious. I do. So uh, when I'm not in this little white booth getting drunk with Tracy Miller of the day, I have this job, which is good. It's a three weeks until election day. And there's a lot happening with on the campaign trail. And our president, we're not going to talk about him today, but but he's not helping anybody. He's, he's, he's like literally it. not helping anybody awesome. except for his base. But there is a for those of you that don't pay as much attention to politics, there is a really big Senate race, United States Senate race in North Dakota. And I was just in North Dakota yesterday between Heidi Heitkamp, who's the incumbent senator, who is a, a woman. Her name is Heidi, obviously. And she's a Democrat. And North Dakota is a pretty conservative place. And she won six years ago. Um, by the skin of her teeth, uh, but one. And it's been great. She's moderate, um, but she's a Democrat. And she voted against Kavanaugh's confirmation, which... I mean, she's going to lose North her, Dakota. Her statement around Kavanaugh was amazing. She was like, I know that this is a thing that is hard, but I cannot experience what I've experienced in my life and feel confident about advancing him to the United States, uh, to the Supreme Court. So I gave her... I mean, and she's raised shit tons of money from progressives across the country off of it, but that doesn't necessarily parlay straight into votes in North Dakota. She's running a guy named Kevin Kramer, who is a congressman, who is a he's a Trumper. I mean, he just like is conservative by all means. And socially and fiscally. Yes. 
So th- there was a reporter from the New York Shows Times. You how much I care about North Dakota. <laughs> there was a reporter that from the New York Times that went to North Dakota post Kavanaugh vote because everyone wants to know. It's pretty much the one that world and and Heidi is now post Kavanaugh vote. Heidi's trailing him twelve points in the polls. Very hard for her to win this seat. But this this New York Times reporter went there and wanted to talk to the two of them. Her specifically about her vote, but him about Kavanaugh. And in the course of the interview about Kavanaugh, he talked about the Me Too movement. So our stupid shit of the day, which I chose, <laughs> one day soon, Tracy will choose this stupid shit. I mean, why is it always Democrat. the fucking Republicans? I know, that's what I'm saying. I'm, shit. Democrats like, say dumb shit, too. It's just I don't find it because I don't look for well. it. But So invoking his wife's, his wife, daughter's mother and mother-in-law, he said, quote, they cannot understand this movement towards victimization. They are pioneers of the prairie. These are tough people whose grandparents were tough and great-grandparents were tough, suggesting that the hashtag MeToo movement had created like a, oh, like this, this comparison that if you're a woman who's experienced sexual assault and you come forward, and you make a, a stink of it, somehow you're less tough than his prairie women. So That feels bad so to me. I don't actually, so I actually, now that I just read this, I realize that this has been slightly taken out of context. I don't know that that's actually what he was trying to say. That's how they spun it. What do you think he was trying to say? I think I think what he's actually trying to say is that tough people came out when it happened. Like, I think that's what Which he's is actually just as terrible, by the it way. It is. It's not great. But I don't think he was saying that if you come out now, you're a sissy. I think he was saying that tougher people would come out when it happens, which is, again, not not OK. It's terrible. Different time. Different time. Not OK. But the, the whole, like, movement towards victimization, like, talk about, like, blaming the victim. Well, they all everybody always blames the victim. It's crazy. So this is not in this article, but the first time I heard this story, that same reporter went to talk to Heidi Heitkamp, and she had not yet heard that that Kevin Kramer had said this. So the reporter was the one that said, let me tell you what he said. What do you say? And apparently she lost her shit. And that part was not recorded. But then she came back and was like, I feel really happy for Kevin's wife that she has not experienced anything terrible in her life. But my mother was raped when she was a kid. And she raised us to know that the, the terribleness of this and she's tough, too. She's a prairie woman, too. And just because she's pro women having space to talk does not mean somehow she's less than. That is all true. But I, I honestly like Heidi Heidkamp coming out and posting a bunch of women's names in a newspaper article that they had been sexually assaulted is also bullshit. Yeah, they fed up. The high camp. So, Everybody in North Dakota is fucking up. Why is North Dakota a fucked up so state? So for those of you who don't know, she bought a full page oh. um, ad in her local newspaper condemning Kevin Kramer for not supporting women of who have experienced sexual violence and assault. And then at the end, there were these columns of names of all these women that have the women that had, in fact, reached out to the Heidkamp campaign, although had not given permission for their names to be released. And apparently a lot some of the women on the list were supporters of those women, but not victims of sexual assault themselves. So it was like a big fucking mess. And it's all over the news. And having just been in in North Dakota, there's like so many ads and it's so crazy. Like it's going to be crazy right till the end. But I do, do think, think that she, I think I think win. that we will be worse with this motherfucker in the Senate. Uh, At least like in my from my vantage point of having some progressive movement 
in the gender equality space? I have no good thoughts on what the fuck's going to happen with politics in the future. Like, <laughs> I got stuff. nothing. Like, fucking, I have, I, I, it is such a clusterfuck of nobody, like, trying to do what's right, of everybody, like, playing politics and everybody trying to, like, outmaneuver somebody. It's a fucking shit show and I hate them all. But it's always a shit show 19 days from an election. At least in my tenure of doing it. I mean, I it. feel like since 2000, it's been a fucking shit show. Right. It's 2018. So. Right. It's that's, 18 years. Yeah. It's a We're long fucked. time. We need to clear house and start over. I agree with that. Let's clear house and only put young women in regardless of partisanship. Mm, how young? Millennials. 20. Are, well, I'm a fucking millennial. You're not a millennial. I was born in the millennial generation. I know, but you don't have that millennial mentality. No, well, I you work my to, ass off. You have, right. <laughs> like, you talk to a couple of people. Like, it's hard. Like, I, all, I, I understand why there is ageism in the world, and it sucks, and it shouldn't be. And there are women out there that are killing it that are 25. Absolutely. Yeah. There are also women and men out there that are 25. That are fucking stupid. And what makes you what what are their attributes that make you frustrated with that group of people? They just don't want to work. They want to be paid six figures and they want to work seven hours a day. Do they want to do a different kind of work? Do they not want to work nine to five at a desk, but they want to like hustle all the time, but be able to do like yoga at no, two? I don't think they want to do anything. You just I think they want to get paid for nothing? I think they just feel privileged and feel like they want to get paid for nothing. I feel like... I and I don't think the, that's all of Everybody, them. yeah. It's not everybody. So I'm not making a general... But I think that there is a lot of that in that generation. I come across a lot of young people working, certainly in Democratic politics. It's like a thing. Democrats are younger. Republicans are older. Whatever. Who work their tails off, totally. for sure. I, I have had less experience with entitled millennials. Yeah. I've I mostly have, had experience with hustling millennials. Uh, yes. So anybody I've ever hired that was a millennial has been amazing. And this Republican women's group that we have, there are a lot of women in there under the age of 30 that yeah. are awesome and killing it and working all the time. And I think that if you can navigate the system... If you know what it takes to run and win, if you know how to network, if you know how to build a quote-unquote Rolodex, even though I realize that's antiquated technology, if you know how to make fundraising calls and you know how to like – it doesn't matter. How, if you have the hustle, your age shouldn't matter. I Correct. think part of it gets weeded out. So when you said what age when I said young, I just filled up by young women regardless of partisanship. I think that the, those that know what it takes who who aren't, aren't sort of the entitled quote-unquote lazy millennials yep. – I think that like that that kind of hustle pays yeah. off eventually. It's certainly what Absolutely. I've what I have sort of hung my hat on over the years. That if I yeah. hustle hard enough, but you've it'll always work. been hustling. I hustle always. Yeah. It's one of my um, my the mantras of the family I grew up in. We may not be smarter, but we work harder. Okay, so talking You're about smart. millennials, don't sell yourself. Short. No, I know. Talking about millennials, Natalie Portman. There was she a millennial technically? I think she's younger than me. No, she's well, not. no, she's older. She was in at school. I think she was at school with Caleb. She she went to Harvard. Oh, they went to yeah. Harvard together. I think Smart so. People. There was a Vanity Fair thing. I think there was a Vanity Fair women's women uh, event over the weekend, of which Natalie Portman was the, the oh Variety. Sorry, Variety's Power of Women event, which it's, uh, all of a sudden it's on my sort of bucket list to go to that thing one day. Where and is it? It's probably in New York. We should tell totally you. Well, I think you need to be invited. Why don't you just go? We just show up and cross our shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she was awarded and recognized for being a, sort of a leader and had some things to say, man. She had some things to say. The first being 
that Harvey Weinstein, the man whose name has become synonymous with serial rapist, might never suffer any legal consequences, which is accurate and alarming. Also, the reason he is the reason he and Richard, the producer, are the reasons we have this podcast. That is true. So he won't suffer legal ramifications because... No, no, you, you're not Sorry. the same as him. You're Richard's different. Like you're really different. Richard's different than Harvey Weinstein. Because Statue Sorry. of Limitations. Right, but that's so fucked up. Ugh, also, did he rape some people recently? So, it feels yeah. like he raped some people recently, too. But I don't really know. But the whole idea that this man who, like, droves, droves of women have come out and say that he has taken advantage of his power and position and put pe- and, and raped, assaulted, and misconducted all the categories, and harassed all the categories, that he's just going to, like, sit pretty in so it's the coast of Italy or whatever. Just like be done. It's just so like I'm well, just like why did Bill Cosby go to jail and Harvey Weinstein? What were the differences in those cases that I mean, Something I think I think know. I think a part of it was that there were actual proven rape cases. Yeah, it's true. With with like people Cosby. reporting it at the time and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. And Harvey Weinstein. I mean, I, I don't know that there was any recent rape allegations against Harvey Weinstein. I'm not saying he was good. No, there is Rose, whatever, Rose. He she Gallon? said that he f- raped her? I think so. How long ago? Yeah, yeah. I maybe maybe more than 10 years ago. Yeah. I well, think that's not yeah. that long. Isn't that thinking. the statute of limitations? Uh, are, I guess state by state too. I think statute of limitations are state by state. Yeah. So anyway, so she started off that way, sort of getting it off with a bang and then went to talking about, you know, there's this whole sort of narrative about how women don't advance to the highest positions of power because they because biologically they're the ones the only ones that can have the babies and if you have the babies you have to grow the babies which is physically taxing and then when the babies come out you got to like feed them feed for them. a bit it's there's hard. like a bit of time that you sort of do have to check out and so there's this whole narrative that that is one reason why women don't advance to to executive positions as quickly or as often as men and so Natalie Portman comes out and says, quote, there are too many that don't choose to have children. There are too many that don't choose to have children, do not yet have children or have grown children to account for the gaping lack, the gaping lack of women in leadership positions in almost every industry. So I think like what she was trying to say was we say women don't advance to leadership positions for this biological reason. But there's all this other group of women don't have children don't have children yet or have grown children that still are not advancing to these leadership positions. So it is a reflection on how women are treated. So my only question to that is, did the women take the exact same path as the men? What do you mean by exact same? Like same college, same degree, same? No, I mean, did they not? So if they had grown women, did they take time out of the workforce? Because that is grown an impact. Grown children, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Grown, what did I say? Women. Sorry. That's okay. Grown children. Yeah, it's all good. I'm drinking wine out of a sippy cup. We, Not, we are grown children. We are. We are grown children. <laughs> Yay. Cheers. <laughs> I don't know. I do think that it's an accurate. I think it's, I think it's okay to say. I mean, I have friends that have decided not to have children that are just hustling and doing their thing and still don't experience ad- uh, workplace advantages, you know, that are that are that feel handicapped by their gender, regardless of whether or not they've procreated. So is that in democratic politics? No, no, no. This is okay. just regular stuff. Because I was going to say, yeah, like yeah. the Democrats are always helping women. No, right? no, regular so, stuff. Like, they should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do do you that find that democratic organizations promote women? 
I used to say no. I mean, when we started this, I used to say no. I do think that I, I have experienced immense change in the last year. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not getting, yeah, I'm I'm not getting, you know, quote unquote harassed, whatever that version is of that anymore. Pretty much. I think in the last year, maybe I've had one or two incidences of people being um, Dirty. either. Yeah. Like or inappropriate. Inappropriate. And I do think that there is this real, it has not yet parlayed into me being hired, which is fine. But around me, there is, I, there is uh, importance of expanding diversity. I don't think it's at the top yet. Like the mid-level kind of positions, if right. it, you, you people are paying a lot of attention to, which can sometimes make it so that at the top, it's still just the white man that with all the experience. You know what I mean? So I think it'll... Well, you just said the white man with all the experience, meaning they have way more experience than the women. Because they've through. had all the opportunities. I yeah. think that in my business, there are eight, nine to one of people that have had people that have the chance to have the experience to do the races. So like media firms, to be able to go into a pitch and say, I've done these giant races with these giant wins, with these amazing ads. Makes a difference. Yeah. And there are nine nine men to one woman. And I think that's access, which I think is will change. But it's also the fact that there were less women just in politics as a whole for many, many years. I don't know about that, actually. I don't really? know. I think, I mean, I think when you look at like the American Association of Political Consultants and like the breakdown, the diversity breakdown of that organization as a whole. They're far more they're far less women than there are men. Yeah. There's more and more women coming up and there's more and more women joining and there's more and more women becoming politically active and becoming political consultants and doing political work. But 20 years ago, if you if you wanted to do this work, but you and you tried and tried and never succeeded. Why would you keep trying? I'm saying that I think that circumstances made it so it was more more available to men. Whether or not women wanted it, I don't really know. But I do know now there is an effort to make space for for diversity on teams. But you still only get hired if you're the one that can show up with a giant book of work. And, well, it, and, and historically, that giant book of work has only been offered to men. But do you know what I mean? I think it's good. I, I think do, it'll change. But I think that also... The organization or the group or the company with the most experience tends to win out. Right. But the most experience has what has been a privilege, like getting those sure. races. But that goes back 100 years. For sure. Sure. So I, mean, I do think right years, now that so. we're trying to rectify that. Right. You want diversity on your team, but you also want the consultant with the most experience. And those things don't always play out. Yeah. So but I do think it's changing. I think that yeah. which which I'm glad about. So over time, so. women will be yeah, running. Politics, I think so. Especially with more women. Running for office as a whole. Fuck yeah. Who will hopefully hire women. Yeah. Elected. I think it's great. I think it's so great. I feel like there was something that I wanted to say. I wanted to argue with you about on that quote, and I don't remember what it was now. Mm, that's okay. You you can argue with me another day. <laughs> <laughs> so it is almost the end of the chance to register to vote for almost all states. So if you listen to us and you have not registered to vote or you have not checked your registration, please register to vote. I don't care how the fuck you vote. Tracy and I, not in local election, but national, we cancel each other's votes out, which is refreshing to know. But just everybody should register to vote. I don't even know how I would tell you to vote this year. Also, anecdotally, I was on a train last week to New York, and I was sitting next to a man who was working. And I I have my own website, which is my default. Like when I open a new tab, my website comes up because I'm trying to optimize whatever. And he looked over and he's like, is that you? 
And I was like, yeah, that's me. And it says big in, in big letters, Kelly Grace Gibson, Democrat. And then it talks about the pod. And I was and he was reading it. And he was like, oh, my God, you have a podcast. And I was like, yeah. And so we went to the podcast website and he downloaded it on his phone. And he's like, I have three daughters who are super into politics right now. And they're super feminists. How old were they? Uh, one is vote. Uh, one's 20. One's oh, okay. 17. So they, so they can yeah. listen. So did you uh, say there's a lot of effort? oh I said it's super crass yeah but then he started to text chain between me and him and his daughter Aww. and she's in college and trying to figure out what she wants to do and she and she was like what do you do for a living so I explained it to her and she got super into it and then I I wrote to her keep fighting the patriarchy you got this like you know good Aww. luck let's keep in touch and then she texted her dad without me she's a queen about dad, me I was like, <laughs> like it's all working so where is she in school. Can we go visit her? Let's have her on the podcast. Let's have her on the podcast. Yeah. Her name is Kira. That's about all I know. But I will, I'll send her this episode. She's at UVA. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. So it would be fun. And and it's just fun to like have the sort of strength of conviction that this podcast sort of gives me on the road. It's and nice. It makes me happy that you literally were like talking to a dude who's got like grown yeah. ass kids and it was like oh my god so fun that's yeah. awesome so so, so and he fun. was nice and awesome so nice and awesome awesome yes i love shit like that all right we're gonna put the video of pouring the wine into the sippy cups on the facebook page and i'm so we'll fucking be back tired. again next i'm literally <laughs> falling no into lies. my microphone right now oh my god i'm so ready <laughs> for my husband with to us. Come i on. do think everybody should get super excited about voting 90 days i'm super excited about my husband coming home <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, friends. See you next week. 